Does your bike need some love? Shimano Original Replacement Parts are the best way to renew the original function of your Shimano-equipped bike. Available online and at your local retailer. From Red Kite Prayer, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I am Celine Yeager, and with me is my co-host Patrick Brady. Each week, as always, we take a look at how cycling fits into our lives. Happy Thanksgiving, Patrick. Or almost, I should say. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, Celine. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thanks. How are you? I'm good. And I even have a good. plan for Thanksgiving. So, uh, I mean, beyond oh, just good. the ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have a ride planned? Uh, there is a ride planned. Yeah. You know, we will we will meet at nine o'clock tomorrow. And if it doesn't rain anymore between now and then, it might be Hero Dirt Day. Ooh, that's yeah. exciting. It, so it's a mountain bike ride. Yes, it poured yeah. yesterday. It's funny. I think at this point I've done more mountain bike rides on Thanksgiving since I've been up here than I've done gravel rides. But like the first two years were gravel rides. And then hmm. I think it's been all... Oh, wait, is this the only the fourth one? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I person. shouldn't say anything else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your day going to look like? Um. Oh, we have a whirlwind on tap. We're, we're staying put today because traveling today is just completely out of the question. I mean, it's just uh, horrible to get anywhere. Um, mm. And then we head to my brother's in Virginia tomorrow. We'll leave super bright and early. And then back up to Philly bright and early on uh, Saturday, actually, because my daughter is applying to Temple University. Oh, and she. Yeah. Yeah. And she has the opportunity to march with their marching band at the link, which is oh, where the wow. Eagles play. Yeah. Um, for the Owls game on Saturday. So that'll be super fun. I mean, it's a lot of driving around, but it'll be super fun. And uh, we'll bring in bikes with us because there's a there's a really cool mountain bike system close to where my brother lives called uh, uh-huh. Fountainhead Regional Park. And it's, it's pretty cool. It's a multi-use area on the North shore of the Occoquan reservoir down there. Um, it's by a bull run Marina and like Sandy run regional park. So it's just like a, it's a pretty cool nook in that area, which tends to be like super congested and filled with malls and stuff. So it's nice to like have a nature thing, you know, a place where <laughs> there's some nature to be seen. Um, and the, the place is actually, it's a pretty cool story. It, it was originally only about four and a half miles. And I rode there years and years ago when I was training for Ironman and I was down there um, visiting and just needed to do something. And since that time, they've added about 15 miles, which doesn't sound like a lot. But in the way that those parks are typically built, you know, which are very like using every little ounce of space, you know, it's one of those sort of thing. It, it actually mm-hmm. ends up being a pretty solid morning's ride. And it's also one of those places where the elevation just punches you five feet at a time. Ten, you know what I mean? <laughs> <You're>, it's, <laughs> yep. um, you end up with a lot of elevation, but you've never climbed anything. You know, it's kind of one of those, <laughs> one of those days. Um, and it features, it's cool. And it's the first time, honestly, I had ever been on a trail system like that because everywhere by me is just so raw and primitive. You know, it's not, we don't have a lot of purpose built mountain bike specific places around here. Mm -hmm. Um, so it features like a green beginner loop 
And then that feeds into a blue intermediate loop. And then that eventually drops you into a black diamond advanced loop. You know, and you can at any point cut any of those things off or do the whole thing. Um, and it, you know, the, the black advanced loop is, is legit. It's got jump lines. Everything's got to go around, you know, but signs telling you like danger if you keep going this way. Uh, some machine cut uh, doubles and triples and like, rock gardens that they've put there because there's doesn't seem to be actual rocks many of them inherent to the area so it's uh non-native species yeah not 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 much (laughs) it doesn't look like but it's you know it's one of those places that you it's it's easy to get in over your head quickly and not mean to because it's so you can pick up a whole lot of speed Mm -hmm. you know like they there's even a sign that warns you like the ems here is on a regular basis you know so like Check yourself before you wreck yourself, which is, did I ever tell you the story about me the first time that I was there? No. No. Such a good story. I have to share it. It was another Thanksgiving, actually. Um, We went for the first time and we're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then got in the black and I was on my niner that I had at the time. It was a a 90 mil travel. It was a very cross-country oriented bike. And we were on the Black Diamond, and I was ahead of Dave. And there was these, like, this group of three, it was like a guy and two women going off one of the wooden jumps. You know, they had, like, these, these, and they, they just looked like they had, were having so much fun. And they just, like, the ones, the one was a little hesitant, and the other one said, just keep your speed, it'll be fine. And they went off, and I was like, I want to do that. Like, I, what a, what am I so afraid of? I Me like too. why <laughs> like why won't and oh my god. So I did. I got up on the on the thing. It had to have been a four. I don't know. It was very it was it was much bigger than I had any business doing. I I'm like, I'll just keep my speed. And I went off of it. And the moment I was in the air, I knew I had made a terrible, terrible mistake. Like I the landing wasn't bad. It was a sloped landing, but I was just like, oh, my God. And then I I, I hit and I compressed everything immediately, of course, like because uh-huh. I had no I had no travel and I thought I saved it, but it just like kind of crunched. And I my, my 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 suspension just dove in my fork dove and kind of went sideways. It was one of those matrix moments when I got a chance to see in slow motion everything that was going wrong and try to connect, correct it. And then I ended up just going over. I'm so glad I I ended up like whacking sort of my gut on my bars in a way that sort of hurt, but I didn't, I wasn't injured. Um, I had like leaves in my hair and stuffed in my bike. And I like, I got myself up and I got back on the trail. uh, And just as Dave came around the corner and I'm like, don't go off that. And he looked at, he's like, why would I go off that? He's like, did you just go off that? <laughs> um, so yeah, that Thanksgiving, I was super thankful that I didn't break myself. Uh, uh, so I won't be going off that this time. But you're going to be grateful for it, something. Oh my God. Oh yeah, I will. But every time I went by it, I was just like, what was I thinking? I look at it every time. I'm just like, I can't believe I just was like, I'm going to go off that. I don't huck off of anything. I mean, I'm just not a, I'm not an airborne kind of girl, but, um, yeah. Anyway. And then we'll go to the Wissahickon Park on Saturday, which is a Philadelphia park. Uh, similar kind of stuff, but it's much more rocky and ride before the uh, Owls game. So it'll be a good, busy weekend, but it'll be a good weekend. Wow. Yeah. Neat. 
Yeah. That sounds great. great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. Boy. Okay. And yeah. how big a how big a dinner uh th- you know Thanksgiving dinner is this with family? Um it's not a, it's not huge. It'll be my brother and his wife and their two boys who I've not seen for a while, which will be great. And then the three of us. So there's seven of us. Sometimes she has a couple of their friends or my brother's friends, but I don't think they're coming. But uh, Deb is a cooker. So she lives to cook. She's one of those people who wakes up and is immediately thinking about what she's going to make for dinner. You know, like she cookbooks fill the house. She bakes bread. She likes to cook. So the turkey will be encased in bacon and we'll have. uh, Yeah, she it looks like a prisoner the way the thing is wrapped up in, <laughs> in the street jacket. <laughs> yeah. It looks a lot like that. Uh, and then, you know, she does all of it, all this, all this stuffings and frill, frills and, and trappings and, you know, all green, green bean casseroles and three different pies and port and sherry and this and that, you know, it's the whole thing. It's all wow. done properly. Yes. That does sound like, yeah. Proper. Yeah. She likes it proper. She likes a proper Thanksgiving. Wow. Yes. Cool. Uh, yeah. And I, I do nothing. I'm a sous chef. I'll just chop leeks and drink wine and run my mouth. So that's what I'm, yeah. I'm good Stick at. Stick me in a corner. <laughs> give me a task. I'll, yeah, exactly. We've I'll had cooperate. this discussion. Good at it. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Yeah. Well, on to your poll since we're, it's the Thanksgiving show. It is the Thanksgiving edition of the Pace Line. So we'll be talking about what we're giving thanks for. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, well, of course, I am. I thought about this this morning. I'm thankful for bikes. <laughs> yeah, let's let's start there uh, and everything they bring to my life. And though I have to admit, as I'm packing for this weekend affair, uh, there are times like this one where I envy runners. And I think, wow, it would be wouldn't it be <laughs> so, so much, much simpler if I was a runner? <laughs> I got a pair of shoes in my closet and, you know, maybe a long <laughs> sleeve and a short sleeve. And, <laughs> and we're done. No chain lube, no hydraulic and fluid. A, not shoving it all into the car. I mean, it, you know, it's the whole, it's the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Um, I am, uh, I am thankful for this podcast. Uh, and, and of course, for you for inviting me aboard. Um, I am thankful everyone listening uh, who has accepted and embraced me. It, it's funny. I was thinking like we never really talked about it on air, but. You know, there was a transition and there were definitely some listeners who were not so excited to hear me as a new voice, you know, just as to hear a new voice, you know, change is hard. (laughs) And uh, it was a little rough to read a few of those harsh reviews from people that were not necessarily happy about the change. Um, They never were really aimed at me personally, but they were just like they didn't like that things had changed. And I I understand that. I understand, you know, people get attached to something and then it changes and then they get mad, you know, and like. Yeah, it, it, I get it. Um, and, and Lord knows I've developed a pretty thick skin being in publishing all these years. But I am thankful for the listeners who gave me a chance and for everyone, because at everywhere I go, least listeners will come up to me and uh, say really nice things about the, you know, they listen. And I appreciate you. And thank you. Uh, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. I'm thankful for my family. Uh, I, I grew up in a pretty traditional home where women played very traditional roles. And my parents never expressly said I should follow that lead, but you know, they, they didn't really know what else to show or teach me. You know, so uh, they were a little mystified by me often. 
And uh, they were very mystified when I left a, left a job, a very good job I had at Rodale Press at the time to do my own thing. And, uh, you know, I was 27 at the time, and I very, very clearly remember my mother cautioning me uh, to think of the future. And her words were, just have a plan to take care of yourself when your athletic prowess is done. You know, I mean, I just remember. <laughs> and those words have brought a smile to my face many, many times over the next two decades. I have just like, you know, I, I know she, I know, and who knew? I didn't know I would still be doing what I'm doing, but. Um, you know, I think she thought I had a good year or two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, even that's and, hopeful, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, in, and in truth, without my mom, um, I'm very, very thankful for my mom, because without my mom, there would be no Fit Chick Inc. or bike racing around the world. My mother held down the fort for me and watched my daughter many, many, many times over the years mm. so I could do what I do. And my daughter and her have an amazing relationship to this day as a result. And even though my daughter is now 17, uh, she still asks if she can spend some weekends at, at grandma's house with my, grandma, uh. with my mom and dad, which is heartwarming. It's, a, it's, a, it's very special. I am thankful, of course, for Dave, uh, my husband, who has always been completely supportive of me as well. Um, it's not always been easy. I've been very open about that. You know, we've, we've certainly had challenges managing all of it. but it's. It's developed into a really great bike life that I don't think either of us would trade uh, for anything at this at this point. So that's that's been super cool. I'm thankful always for Bicycling Magazine. I don't think any of us realized when I came on board all those years ago that I would still be here doing this thing, dishing out training advice and talking about all things bicycling. But here we are. And honestly, I'm as happy or happier than I've ever been there. So it's it's been a really really great ride pun fully intended and i could go on and on and on uh, but i you know i consider myself extremely fortunate and i'm so damn grateful every every day for my situation and everyone who supports me and works with me and forgives my foilables because god knows i've got a million of them uh so thanks and you know i hope you all have a really great thanksgiving as well and i you know, love you all thank you excellent wow it's really cool. Um, I got to say it was when we made the transition, uh, and, and I brought you on, it was a little scary, you know, upsetting <laughs> something that had been working very well. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but I really felt strongly that this is, this is the thing that needs to happen. This is the thing I want to do. Um, I talk a lot about white guys, <laughs> partly because I don't have the moral authority to talk about any other guys. Right. Um, I don't think all white guys are, you know, I don't, I don't think it's all of that. that. White oh, guys no. are good. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. We have our moments, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, Apple computers, rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, I'm beyond grateful to have you on the show and to produce yeah. the show with you. So thanks so much. And like you, uh, we would not have much of a podcast without an audience and so grateful for that. Uh, I don't think I'm out and about quite as much as you are, so I don't get quite as many, uh, you know, attaboys for the show, right. but, but they do turn up and, you know, they come in some of the most surprising ways. I'll never forget standing in trail house and a woman behind me saying, are you Patrick Brady? 
That's funny. I, she recognized my voice. That's the weird thing for me. This uh-huh. is new. I've had yes. people recognize me over the years because I'm recognizable, right? I've got long pigtails or whatever hanging out my helmet. There aren't that many women. I mean, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm fairly recognizable. Uh, it's, it's funny to have people turn around like when I'm talking at something and be like, I know that voice. You see, you know, it's just, it's a, that, that's new. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and she was so funny because she said, Oh, my husband's in the bathroom. He's not going to believe this when he gets out here. I said, you know, we're going to be at Trailhouse. Patrick Brady hangs out there. We could bump into him. And she's like, no. <laughs> he walks out and I'm like, hi, I'm Patrick. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So, yeah, those moments are are pretty nice. And, you know, I wish I wish we could have one of those with each and every one of our listeners. I did a little kicking around in our statistics the other day and was mm-hmm. sort of blown away at the number of unique audience members that we've had download the show uh over the last year and a half um more thousands than i thought i'll I'll leave it at that yeah so uh everybody out there thank you so much cool yeah yeah okay so we're gonna take a break for our our sponsor shimano and we'll be back in just a minute we're going to take a short break for our sponsor shimano and we'll be right back At Shimano, we love riding, and we know you do too. As a small repayment for all the joy your bike has brought your life, we encourage you to maintain your bike regularly. Genuine Shimano replacement parts will keep your Shimano-equipped bike running smoothly. Whether your bike is built with 105, XTR, or our new gravel group, GRX, a well-maintained bike will operate better and go faster. Worn out a chain? Consider that a badge of honor. You've been riding a lot. Does it sound like metal on metal when you hit your rim brakes? That's a sign it's time for new brake shoes. What if your disc brakes don't feel as crisp as they used to? Cool, you've been going fast. Give them a bleed. Does your chain skip on smaller cogs? You're using all your gears and now your cassette is shot. Is that old saddle creaking? It may be fatigued because of all the miles you've put in. Consider a saddle from Shimano's Pro line of components. And what about your feet? Cleats can and do wear out, especially the right cleat if you're a cyclocross racer. Whether it is the plastic cleat on a road shoe or metal SPD cleat, they can and do wear out. To keep that love burning bright, show your bike a little TLC and take it by your nearest Shimano dealer to keep it running just like when it was new. Alrighty, we are back with the Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels, our Thanksgiving edition. And Patrick, what do we have on deck? you this week so i've been writing thanksgiving posts since the mid-2000s back during the days of belgium knee warmers not every single year but most years and the very first one i wrote because it coincided with a good friend of mine moving away from southern california and he was moving to new mexico for retirement and i'd been writing with that guy almost every day for something like 10 years. And I felt a need to express my gratitude. He was moving away right at Thanksgiving. And I felt like I needed to express my gratitude for that friendship. And also because I was trying to wrap my head around, Oh my gosh, no more rides with Sterno. How, what that's, Mm. how can that be a thing? And so it began something. And I realized that 
because I haven't always been great at gratitude, Thanksgiving really is the perfect time for me to think about what I value in my life, right? Mm-hmm. This is the year where I have so much to be grateful for. I almost don't even know where to begin. My living situation is better. My relationship with my boys is better. A number of my personal relationships have improved, including those with both of my parents. The thing is, I can quite honestly trace all of this back to a simple change. I'm not depressed anymore. That's a hell of a statement for me. I don't know that I'd have had the guts to make such a conclusive statement if I didn't have the sense that I'd come to deeply understand the range and depth of my depression. Had this been anything else I've, you know, that I felt I should have sufficiently comprehended, such an admission would elicit embarrassment from me. You know, I, this is not the sort of thing I'd be all that enthusiastic about sharing. But not this. Understanding depression is not easy. Uh, it's difficult for the sufferer. And it's a challenge for mental health professionals, often because the person that they're treating has a challenge understanding it themselves. So, right. you know, it's hard for them to understand something that's not being well communicated, which is one of the reasons they've come up with all these interesting surveys. You just start answering questions. Um, and then ding, you get your answer. And honestly, understanding depression is even harder for family members, those people, mm -hmm. you know, who are in that immediate circle. So I'm incredible grateful for the change and my, I don't even know what to call it because I don't see it as recovery. My depression goes so far back that I can't claim to have been restored you know, or recovered from some mm -hmm. former healthy set point. But this evolution wouldn't be possible were it not for the medication I've been on, ketamine. And good Lord, I don't really want to be like some acolyte for a single drug. <laughs> <laughs> it seems so strange. You know, like I, I feel like every time I start talking about these issues, just boop, ketamine, boop, ketamine. And I know to other people that that could seem kind of strange, you know, like it's mm. some, some instant be all end all. And it's not, it's just a tool. And I, I'll even say it feels a little strange to say, but I am beyond grateful for what ketamine has done for me. I, you know, so <laughs> I'm tongue tied. If you <laughs> and I had had a conversation about this before I started and you had asked me, well, what do you think you're going to get out of it? Mm. I would not have told you this. I right. would not have told you that I'd be where I am now. I wouldn't have dared dream that big. Yeah. I, I, you know, I look at so many pieces of this and you know, the change in my relationship with my boys. Okay. That's the change in my relationship with my parents. Okay. That's enough right there. Boom. Yeah. I, worth it. But when I look at all the different things that have come about and some of the things that I've been open to and been able to embrace because of this, I'm really quite shocked. I'm 
you know, it's still me. That's the, that's the best part of all. Well, yes. (laughs) You know, it's still me. I still have the same taste in music, which is something almost no one else wants to hear. (laughs) You know, I I still like my Mountain Dew. (laughs) I still don't like coffee. I, we we I didn't hear that. No, every time you say it, <laughs> it's a little inside joke. I just I won't accept that he doesn't like coffee. It's okay. <laughs> One of these days I'm going to be held down and <laughs> um, have some espresso. Yeah. Uh, so it's this year. It's simple. It's straightforward, and it's so obvious that I really can't say anything else. <laughs> I am grateful for a drug. <laughs> that's great. No, I mean, that's, uh, we, you know, it, it, as, as you have, as we all know, we're, we're, we are nothing but, but chemicals and hormones and connect. I mean, our brain runs on them. Right. So mm-hmm. it, when, when those aren't firing like they should, then they, amen to that. Like amen to burning healthy pathways in yeah. your brain. You know, it's still your brain. It really is. And it's just so remarkable how, you know, a a 90 minute experience, you come out of it and uh, it's, it's like a massage for the brain. Really? Hmm. You know, you get up off the massage table and it's like, Oh, that was so, yeah. Yeah. And in a certain sort of way, this is very similar to that. Oh yeah. No, I mean, that's not a, that's not a bad analogy just because. I mean, massages do that. Like they unstick you. I mean, you're stuck in this, in this mm-hmm. motor pattern, right? Because mm-hmm. your face is stuck to your muscles and stuck to this, and this is knotted, and and it frees your motor pattern, so you have a greater range of motion, and you can do healthier movement patterns. I mean, it's the same idea. It really is the same idea. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was shooting from the hip, but man, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Here's yeah. Selena with the sniper rifle with the big scope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh well that yeah that's kind of neat to hear um yeah yeah it's exactly. it's wonderful and you know something else i i hadn't even thought about until this moment <sighs> um i hate <laughs> i hate hearing that other people suffer from depression Mm -hmm. um especially when it's friends but having had people reach out to me and say hey thank you for that you know you've helped me understand something that's going on in my life Mm -hmm. you've uh you've helped me see that i need to ask for help um if my example helps others I don't even know what to say to that. Why we're here. I think that's why we're here on this planet, but we could go on. (laughs) And that's my personal belief is we are here to lift while we climb and help each other. So we just keep getting better as a human race. I mean, what else are we here for? (laughs) Like what else? You know, it's It's pretty easy to get confused on that point, but yeah, this is is the one that feels good. It right back down to that basic thing or else nothing makes sense. I can get real nihilistic very quickly. (laughs) So yeah. 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 Writers? No, we don't go there. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing. All right. That was lovely. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paceline picks then? 
Yeah, it's not going to get lighter. It's not going to get lighter, I'm afraid. Um, maybe your pick will be a little lighter. Um, <laughs> my pace line pick is going to be compassion uh, mm. in, stick, in sticking with the theme. I, um, yeah, I got some sad news last night. I don't know if you knew who uh, Damon Robertson was. I don't know if you I know the name. He uh, was, uh, he, he was, he used to race, like he did mountain bike racing back in the day. Uh, he had Damon Fit. He was, uh, he was really into bike fit. He, I believe, did some coaching. He got super into yoga. He was sort of in our world. He lived in, um, he was from Anaheim. So okay. he was swimming mm-hmm. around those, those circles. And then speaking of depression or, you know, and I don't even really know what happened. He ended, he got divorced and ended up long story short, ended up getting pretty lost and had some alcohol issues and had some other issues. And, and the last few years, I mean, was out, he had, he had sort of taken to, living on his bike, you know, bike packing and doing that kind of stuff. He was in Bend, Oregon, and uh, they found him dead yesterday. Um, he, yeah, in a, in a park. He, he died in a park in Bend. And this is hard because the news stories were, you know, uh, Bend, Oregon, transient, found dead in park, you know, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I made a, a point to post on his sister's uh, Facebook timeline because you know, she had put a post up saying, "Feel free to reach out, you know, and let us know." Because I, I, if it, if that were my family member, I'd want people to know that it, there was somebody more than just that headline of a Bend, Oregon. Tra- he was so much more than that. He was funny <laughs> and warm and compa- you know, he was compassionate and he was a really interesting cat. Like I, there, if his Facebook picture was just like he had at some point just put taken to putting like tribal paint on his face and just going out and just bikepacking into the wilderness so I, I he was on a mission he was on the path and i hope he has gone to some light somewhere I, I do i hope that this journey has taken him somewhere but it's just a good reminder when you see people you know like who are maybe sleeping on a bench or you know with their bike and clearly not you know don't have a house or don't have a place at the moment just you really don't know where they came from you really don't know where they came from. I mean, when I first, I'd never in a million years would I have guessed Damon would have ended up that way. Mm-hmm. Never in a million years. Mm-hmm. So you just, you don't know who that person is. Compassion. <sighs> Compassion is a really important, important quality. <laughs> yeah. 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 So true. Uh, I'm reminded of something I ran across on social media just yesterday. You know, just, just be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it's that simple. Just boil it down to that. I saw that too. I think we were whatever that post was that was the same. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just uh, it's interesting. I mean, I'm looking at some of his pictures now, and he did he 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 really did appreciate what his bike did for him for sure, and where it took him, and he was with it at the end. So, um, yeah. Oh, maybe it kept riding. him here longer. I I I kind of believe that. Yeah, I I have to believe that that is true. And hopefully he's riding somewhere beautiful right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, my pick is a, a, a little lighter hearted. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's bring it up and <laughs> turn it back up. But, but the funny thing is, this is also something that you cannot go by. 
It's a new yeah. advocacy organization here in California called the Mountain uh, California Mountain Biking Coalition. Okay. This is the first statewide organization to represent off-road riders to state government. CAMTB is a nonprofit, but it's not a 501c3. It was founded like as a 501c4, uh, like the Sustainable Trails Coalition, so okay. that it can legally lobby government. The, their slogan is ultra simple. More trails, better trails. Nope. Boom. Yeah. All right. No confusion there about what they're up to. <laughs> uh, the idea is, the, is that the organization... Good Lord, I am just stepping all over my own tongue. The idea <laughs> is that this organization will give regional nonprofits like Access for Bikes in Marin County, the San Diego Mountain Biking Association, Redwood Empire Mountain Bike Alliance here in the North Bay, and others, you know, hopefully roping in like the Sierra Buttes Trail Stewardship and Mountain Bikers of Santa Cruz. They want to get all these different organizations from the different regions in California on board so that they can focus efforts at the state level. So that there's a unified voice pitching the same, uh, pitching the same issues, pitching the same outcomes. And we've suffered a big vacuum in leadership because of IMBA's retreat. Uh, you know, we, IMBA has very little presence here in California at this point. And CAMTB will focus its efforts on lobbying in Sacramento. It's amazing to think that there has never been a statewide advocacy organization in the birthplace of the mountain bike. I mean, yeah. How, I mean, how can that be a thing? As you as you're talking, I there's so much about all of that I don't understand. Like my understanding is. That there's a lot of stuff that is off limits to mountain bikers in Marin County. Is that correct? Most of it, like 93%. That, okay. That's what I yeah. thought. Um, yeah, it's insanity. Why is that? Is it private land or is it state? No, 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 no. The issue is that mountain bikers were too busy riding and not doing enough to organize and advocate. And so stuff got, they got locked so out who, of stuff. So who, who locked them out? Uh, well, the, the, the various, uh, the various agencies managing those lands, they were lobbied by, uh, the Sierra club, right, uh, the right. Audubon society, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, equestrian organizations, they were like yep. mountain All bikes, bad. Who didn't like mountain bikes. Yeah. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. Bingo. And because we weren't at the table advocating for our own rights. And why and wasn't Imba at the table? Well, this all started even before IMBA, okay, but okay, that's, that's uh, I just don't think that IMBA was able to exert enough force. I don't think they had enough manpower, funding, whatever, but they, they weren't able to make a significant presence uh, there, you know, when it was most critical. And so a lot of this happened, you know, not all in one big fell swoop, but, you know, two miles here. Eight miles there, 16 miles there. And pretty soon it was like, oh, yeah, most, the vast majority of all the single track in Marin County, where the mountain bike was born, can't yep. ride. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And so I tell people that Sonoma County is kind of like what Marin was 20 years ago 
We don't have the same density of population. We've got an incredible plethora of trails and we get to ride them. But hmm. there are some really interesting issues uh, before the the community and and before, you know, the, the advocacy uh, uh, well, the advocates, one of those, a very strange one, no one really fully understands is that we went from e-mountain bikes being illegal on state mm-hmm. lands and, and all the, the various uh, state parks, suddenly they're legal. You can ride e-mountain bikes on state park land. And, you know, no one, certainly there are plenty of mountain bikers against that, but no one really knows how that transpired. They decided to read uh, a regulation differently and kaboom, there we are. Is it's there money involved? I mean, whenever <sighs> I hear that kind of stuff, I think, it just you know, that's the cynic in me, but, but like mm-hmm. money moves things. And whenever I hear like, yeah, I Somebody mean, it's possible. Interest had to have pushed it through. Well, it makes sense. It makes sense that that's why it would happen. But nobody's owned up to that. Interesting. But you know, there's a there's a larger reality in that if things are going to happen and movements going to happen, there need to be advocates at the table speaking yes. on behalf of yes. the population, 100%. and we need to build the biggest possible tent so that we can speak on behalf of different populations because it's not just mountain bikers. Sure. There's going to be somebody who needs to speak with uh, the e-mountain biker population. You know, there, there needs to be a point of contact within the larger cycling populace uh, to try to help make sense of what that relationship ought to be. I'm not saying it ought to be one thing or another, but there needs to be real communication there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then there's the reality that, you know, well, what about people riding gravel bikes? You know, if you're only talking to mountain bikers, there's this whole other population of roadies who've bought these road bikes, but have much bigger tires and are now riding in a lot of these places. Maybe, you know, if in building a bigger tent, we ought to be reaching out to them as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes a hundred percent sense. One of the biggest reasons that we lose out in all this is because we don't have the numbers. You get punked by the bigger organization. Yes. You know, if you've got 200,000 people, but then the Ottoman society has 7 million. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just, I'm really sucked. I know a couple of people who are on the board who've helped found this. This has been a two year effort. And I mean, these are people who have normal, ordinary day jobs and they're carving mm-hmm. out time at the margins of their day which is this. no small deal. Oh my gosh. Well, and no to my deal. knowledge, most all of them are parents. So yeah. no, it's always, it's always the same busy people who do everything. That's kind of how the world gets run. I, there's no question. Yeah. 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 So I'm really thrilled to see them exist. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm hoping that I can add my shoulder to the effort. Cool. No, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, when the boots hit the ground, that that is what really makes the difference. And it's not sexy and it's it's time consuming and it's frustrating and it's all of those things. But it's so important because without it, none of our uh recreation and passion it has any place to go. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. <sighs> yeah. yeah. All righty. Uh well on to other things. 
You had a really interesting little piece this week about training with a heavy bike. <laughs> yeah. One time I was working in a shop and we filled a buddy's seat tube. We pulled a seat post out and we filled his seat tube with ball bearings. Were we doing him a favor? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is what I've learned. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, the, the story. So I got uh, this gentleman from rock bar kept messaging me and messaging me and messaging me. He wanted me to try his weighted cases. So they're basically like, uh, they're, they're very durable sleeves that you can put on your bike, on your down tube, uh, on your handlebar if you're so inclined, but I, he, that's not recommended for the weighted part uh, on the bottom side of the top tube. And they're filled with these three and a half pound uh, bean bags kind of things, but they've got metal like buckshot kind of stuff in them. So they're, uh-huh. yeah, they're heavy. So each bar would be seven pounds, you know, fully loaded. If you had two on your bike, it would be 14 pounds. I did not do that. But um, he sent me these things. I was like, oh, I don't want to test it. But I know because I'm not I'm not someone who willingly adds weight to my bike. I don't like swapping <laughs> things around. Um, but I, you know, but I, I know that is a long heralded tradition. Train heavy, race light. You know, there were the like those pig iron bottles years back that sheared off the bottle cages that, yes. um, <laughs> you know, you put these really weight heavy weighted bottles in your bottle cages. I, I talked to my colleagues and one of them said that she had a friend who used to train with a weighted vest, which sounds terrible beyond terrible. Like that sounds like the most terrible thing I can think of. Well, it sounds better than running with it. I would agree with that. Yes. Yes. You've, you've come up with something worse than, than riding with it. But uh, anyway, so I thought I, I, I'm like, okay, I will try it out. And I talked, I just put a, you know, feel out to like, I, I always like to go to Hunter, um, Alan at peaks mm-hmm. coaching group because he's a numbers weenie and a metrics. He loves that kind of stuff. Uh, Cause a lot of people have argued over the years that a weighted bike is useless. It's dumb because a watt is a watt is a watt. You're just going slower, right? Like, you're not producing, you could produce, but that's what people will argue that, like that you're mm-hmm. not really producing any more power. You're just going slower and slogging as opposed to if you were true, like if you were training with a power meter and sticking to 250 or whatever your wattage was going to be for that effort up a hill or whatever. But, but my argument is that the weight just automatically makes everything harder, right? I mean, I, yeah, yeah. And, well, and if you're, Go ahead. The thing I would say is, yeah, if you're just training at 250 watts, yeah, you're not going to see the benefit of the heavy bike. The benefit of the heavy bike is when you're on the group ride and you've got to close the gap. Right. You know, you're not, you're not worried about 250 watts. You're worried about, well, am I going to need 375 instead of 350 to close the gap? Right. Right. And, and if you're just by yourself, if you're doing the hilly ride, it is just taking you longer, but that's that's a longer time cumulatively in those training zones. Ooh. You know what I mean? You've because you've got to go over FTP or your your functional threshold power just to get over the damn hill, right? Like, mm-hmm. but you're spending that much time in those zones than you normally what you would have to normally make yourself go there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, even if yep. you're just on a ride. So you know that's that's what Hunter said. He's like, you know, for sure, it you could get the training effects of that faster. With using, you know, he's like, you could do it without. Yes, but you would need to do it. You would need to 
deliberately make more power. And that means, because just power is just work over time, right? So you would either need to go faster or whatever, you know, like to, or big, put in a bigger gear and work harder, whatever. And it does take a power meter to keep yourself honest. And let's face it, most people really still don't have power meters. Most people are not mm-hmm. training with power meters in that level. So I did, I went out and it was, uh, you know, went up the same hill. And the way that he recommends training with it is kind of interesting. He's like, go up your usual climb and find a gear that you would climb, you know, comfortably hard in at a cadence that you can turn over comfortably hard. And then the idea is to add incrementally add weight and get yourself to that same cadence with that same gear on that same climb. Like, so Mm. that's like a really interesting, like I would never nerd out to that level in training, but it's kind of interesting. Like, and it makes great sense. Yeah. It makes great sense. Right. Um, Yeah. So I use the weights and I can, it was interesting. It was, you know, it definitely, I could see. And like, like I said, in the article, like when I was training for Cape Epic, which is very early, you know, it's in March and March over the winter here. I I rode my mountain bike all the time just to ride my mountain bike because it's a mountain bike, right? But also because it's heavier, it's slower, it's like more work. It it just sort of trains you for that. I think I would have welcomed having something like that, just to have a more fun bike on the road, you know, mm-hmm. that that would mimic that kind of heaviness. Um you know, certainly for sprints, there's something interesting to it. It was kind of fun going downhills, I have to say. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. And yeah, so it was uh, it was it was a very interesting thought experiment. And I, you know, I don't know how much I'll actually put them to use in my training, but I, I could see as I like I like to mix things up. I could see throwing that on once in a while just to do something different. Neat. Yeah. Have you ever <laughs> deliberately trained heavy? No, wait, with with winter tires or bike or anything. I mean, people, a lot of people have like winter or wheels, I should say, like heavier wheels that I've done. Yes. Yes. That I've done. Uh, I've got a heavier set of wheels that I use for rain and winter riding. And they've got some very stout tires on there that are, you know, uh, I don't know, 400 grams per tire. It's yeah, it's a fair amount uh, for a road tire. And the interesting thing there is, you know, I don't, I don't notice anything in terms of my training, but to your point about going downhill, there is definitely a phenomenon of a heavier bike and especially heavier wheels feeling better on a descent. It calms the bike's handling down. And I really like that. That becomes a really interesting thing when you're talking about mountain biking, where changes in direction and little nuances of movement make a bigger difference than on the road. Yeah, Yeah, I haven't tried it on the mountain. It's uh, that would be that would be a a different ball of wax. I don't think that would be any fun. (laughs) Sorry, I'm Yeah, I'm not going to make any claims. Yeah, Uh, I mean that's just like I can see some type two ish sort of training fun on the on the road doing it. But on the mountain, no, thank you. I, I just, yeah. it's not, I, it's enough work to get over the rocks and stuff here. I don't need to add seven pounds to my frame to to be just, just start running into things because I can't get up and over them. Yeah. 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 To make sure I'm just wrecked at the end of the ride. Yeah. I don't. Uh, figuratively. I don't, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't really need that, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of cool. It's, it's interesting to me, like all the different ways that we come up with, uh, to train, you know, like bike bike people are very interesting people that way. A lot of them, 
lot of innovative people out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, we are, we are kind of head cases. And so anything that kind of short circuits us so that we can get down to the business of just going hard. I, I, I guess I kind of have to respect that. <laughs> I mean, cause I I'm not a head case. You fly like you feel like you, you fly like a horse out of the barn when you get on your light bike. I will say that like after a training on, like the year I did a bunch of fat bike races and mountain bike training, when I got on my road bike, I felt like a rocket ship. I, I do. I don't know if I was faster, but I sure felt like I was faster. It's it was, it's a nice feeling, right? <laughs> yeah. No, it feels great. Yeah. So, happiness watts are real. Yeah. Ooh. Unchained watts. There's there's a phrase. Happiness watts. I like that one. Happiness yeah. watts. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real I, thing. Might have to get me some of those this next year. Yeah. <laughs> I recommend them. They're better than Rage Watts. Yeah. They yeah. both Don't might need be as many. fast, but the, the happiness ones are better. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm willing to give up 20% of my speed. Yeah. <laughs> All righty, everybody. That's another episode of The Pace Line. Thank you for listening. Hey, keep those questions coming. You all have been sending some great stuff. If you got an idea, please drop by RKP and put a suggestion in the comments or email us. Don't forget our Paceline kits from Primal. They are up in the RKP store. Before we go, I'd like to put in a plug for RKP's other podcast, The Pull. The show features artisans talking about their craft in one-on-one interviews. The show is back this week. My subject is Mark Noblet, a builder with more than 40 years experience. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with Celine Yeager. Happy Thanksgiving.